my typical, my primary client is that woman. I work with mostly women who have really been around the diet and exercise block one too many times only to find themselves frustrated and back at the starting line. Hey there, Kelly Howard here and welcome to another special interview on your Body Mind Fit Connection. And this week, I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Lisa Hiscock. Lisa shares with us her non-negotiable Celestine behavior change, which I don't know about you, but for myself, changing behaviors can be daunting, but it's also the thing that helps us make life work. Listen in. A woman who is approaching or just recently in that empty nest phase that maybe they've raised their kiddos or their kiddos are at least at a point where they're more self-sufficient and they turn to themselves and they say, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what happened over the last couple of years as I've been taking care of all the things and everyone else, but I finally have a chance to take a breath and take care of myself and I need to create some healthier habits in my life. So those are really the women that I'm working with. And Kelly, these women are so smart because most of them have tried the diet and they've tried the gym memberships and the exercise live streams that you can get online. They've tried a multitude of things. And so most of the women I work with, they say to me, Lisa, I know what to do. I know what makes my body feel the healthiest. Man, I just struggle with putting that information into use consistently in order to improve my health. And that's why they seek me out because Kelly, what I really do is help them uncover their own capability because we all have it. My clients don't feel like they do, but their own capability to create the change that they so desire in their life. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And so your big focus is helping people change and or implement habits. Is that part of what you really like to work with people on? Absolutely. That is what I'm passionate about because the name of my brand is More Than a Body. I envision this world, Kelly, where we don't have any bathroom scales anymore. Women just don't Amen, have that. Amen, sister. Amen. You are talking my language. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just envision this world where us women, we just don't get on the scale. What we do instead, though, we can't ignore health. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But we need to pursue and prioritize and celebrate healthy habits over just simply weight loss. You know, because really when you ask a woman who says they want to weigh less, if you really dig into, okay, you want to lose weight, they don't want to lose weight just so they can stand on the scale and say, yay, I've lost weight. It's always because they want to be more. Be more, feel better. Fill in the blank, right? I won't go into my whole corporate background, but I've been led in, in many ways to the health and fitness space. And I started, as most of us do in this business, getting my personal training certification. I was just fascinated, let me say that, by the fact that some of my clients, it did not matter if there was a tornado outside, they would show up for, for their training session. And then equally motivated and intelligent clients at the drop of rain would cancel. And I just started to think, that's fascinating to me. Why is this? that two clients who equally desire health in their life have different ways of being able to implement. 
And so I went back to school and got my health coaching certification because I really wanted to help people in and out of the gym in terms of health. Beyond that, I went back to school and got my behavior change certification. So I'm not a psychologist, but I am trained in behavior change psychology. And then from that created the behavior change system that I help my clients through now. Tell me about your system. I mean, if I needed to change a behavior, I look at behavior change two ways. Like you're either adding a behavior or you're subtracting a behavior. Let's say that we're going to add a behavior to my world. I want to become more consistent with my workout and following the schedule that I've set for myself. What do you do with people? How do you lead them down that path? I say that there's four non-negotiables to lasting behavior change because that's really what we're after. We want these, like you said, you want fitness. You have some fitness goals. You really want that long-term. You want movement and fitness to be part of your life long-term. So there's four non-negotiables if you want lasting behavior in your life. The first is motivation. I would walk you through an exercise that dives deep into why, Kelly, why, why is fitness important to you? Tell me more about that. And so we would spend a week talking about, and I have exercises around that, just really diving into that why. And the why has to go beyond, oh, because I have a beach vacation coming up uh, with my friends I haven't seen in a while or a high school reunion coming up. So we really need to dig into that, you know, that intrinsic motivation. So that's the first non-negotiable to lasting behavior change. The second one is we need to really clearly define your objective. So I do this in a couple different ways in, in the system. We first look at this vision of you on your very healthiest day, your most fit day, not just what you look like, but what you're feeling like, what your moods are, who are you hanging out with, and, and all the other things. So we get this really clear vision of what Kelly on her most fit day is doing and feeling and acting like. And then beyond that, though, we do identify the more measurable metrics of health. So if that's Kelly on her fittest day, well, what are some metrics that a doctor or an expert might say, well, these metrics also prove that Kelly is healthy. So we do then get to a more objective type of a measurement. So that's the O, that's the objective. That's the second non-negotiable for behavior change. So we have motivation and then a clear objective. Where are we headed? What is our health definition? The third non-negotiable is the roadmap. So if we say, yep, that's where I want to head. That's my definition of health. I should say too, at this stage in life, right? So I'm really careful to work with my clients. We're not trying to be ourselves 20 years ago. What is a realistic health definition for you at this stage of life right now? So once we know that, we know why we desire that. Well, then we have to say, well, what's the roadmap to get there? In other words, what are all the steps? And this is where my clients can get a little overwhelmed because they've been there, done that, right? They're like, well, Lisa, I know I need to work out like this and I need to eat like this and I need to drink water and I need to, and they get a little overwhelmed, but that's where a coach can come in, right? I get them off that cliff and we just list it. It's just data. So we create this roadmap. What are all the steps that might have to happen in order for that vision to become reality? The last final non-negotiable to behavior change is execution. You have to take action. And if not, you just have a, a journal of things that you'd like to do. Right. And then you feel bad. Kelly, I spend 
at least three, if not four of the eight week system talking about and coaching through all of those things that affect and impact our ability to execute on that roadmap that we just created. Does that make sense? It does. So give me three things that slow that execution or stop that execution down in its tracks. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you the first and foremost and most important thing. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Get some sleep. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Go to bed. Go to bed, people. Do you agree with me, Kelly? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you don't have good quality sleep, then you do not have the baseline you need to get anything else done. Sleep deprivation has a negative cascade effect on everything else. You know, I work with a lot of women talking about hormones and and hormone regulation, right? And so there's a lot of women, they're like, I just, I have an inability to lose weight. I just can't lose weight. That's hormonal. Our bodies are trying to protect us. Our bodies are so smart. They are just trying to help us survive in life. And when we deprive our bodies of an essential element like sleep, our hormones go nuts. So all the hormones that we want to be our healthiest go awry when we're sleep deprived. So that's the first thing that clients and I coach through is just good old sleep hygiene. Things like having your room cool and up borderline cold, cool to cold and completely dark. If you have any kind of light in your room, putting electrical tape over it or getting rid of it altogether and just what your bedtime routine is, you know, before the hours leading into bed. So, so that's the first thing, Kelly, is sleep that I would say. Just a kind of a funny little aside story is that I think that sleep is like the first benchmark, right? And one of my friends has been having trouble sleeping. You know, she's been doing all the crazy stuff, tracking everything and really getting into it. And I said to her, I was like, okay, so get rid of the lights, cool it down, and a few of the other things that I'm sure you talk to people about. And when I saw her the other day, she said that she and her boyfriend both have gotten to the point where they do a lot of traveling. They carry post-it notes and they just stick it over every light that comes <laughs> every light that comes on in that hotel room. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right? But you know, you've got that blinking blue light. It throws you off. Oh, it does. And th- I don't know about hotels, but they must buy the brightest of the bright because I feel like that clock is always so bright. So good on your friends. That's great. But sleep is is number one in my book. Um, the second tip is managing your stress. And I know, gosh, there's two aisles, I think, at Barnes & Noble about books on, on how to manage stress. So I teach a really simple yet powerful exercise within my system that clients put to use. And, you know, I have many success stories to just minimize stress because stress then in our body, that's cortisol, right? And I I know you know exactly what that is. And so minimizing these chronic high levels of cortisol is good for overall health. Now we all have moments where we have deadlines and we get a flat tire or someone in our family is sick and we have kind of these acute bouts of higher cortisol. That's not what I'm talking about. When when it comes to just our overall health, it's that chronic stress that just wears on us and eats on us day in and day out. That's what we need to address so we can reduce that cortisol level. High cortisol levels, you know, that leads to um, weight loss resistance. 
It leads to cravings. It leads to poor sleep, of course. So again, that high stress, high cortisol has a cascade, negative cascade effect. Number three then is sugar. You know, I know you know this, Kelly. We now know that, you know, we've all been in this low fat craze for the last many years, correct? And we're now learning that it's really the sugar that is so detrimental to our health. So I work with my clients. I'm not a dietitian, so I'm very careful. Not, I don't meal plan for my clients. And my health habit change program is not about specifically what to eat or any of the rest. Because as I said earlier, my clients, they don't want any more information about what to eat. They kind of know that. But we do walk through and I educate them on the effect of sugar on your hormones. Because again, hormonal health is kind of at the center of this behavior that we're trying to change. If we are raising our insulin, which is what sugar does, and then we have these spikes, then a few hours later, our, you know, that insulin is going to shuffle that blood sugar out of our bloodstream. And we're going to have perhaps cravings, or we're going to have low energy, or we're going to have these situations that then cause us to behave in a way that we said we weren't going to or not do some behavior. Let's say we want to go to the gym. We said, I'm going to go to the gym today. But we had a really sugar-laden breakfast. And then we find two hours later when we're supposed to go to the gym, well, we're just starving all over again and we're kind of tired. You know, Kelly, my clients, it makes me sad sometimes because they say, you know, Lisa, my willpower is just broken. And I tell them it has very little to do with your willpower. You are having a biological response to some choices, be it sleep, be it stress management, be it sugar. Your body is having a hormonal biological response to that. And all the willpower in the world, when biology and willpower go to war, biology wins 100% of the time. We don't need more willpower. We don't need another diet plan. We don't need another exercise plan. And I love all of those, right? I'm not knocking all the diet and exercise plans out there. But what we first need to do is pay attention to these other impacts in our life, these other things that affect how we behave when it comes to those programs. Does that make sense? It does. It makes total sense to me because basically what you're doing is you're addressing those, those underlying pieces that are what hold people back. I mean, you try so hard to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you just get beat back. And you're right. It is not willpower. I mean, we, there's lots of information out there that says we have a limited amount of willpower. Whether we do or don't, when we're fighting ourselves, we're wearing ourselves out. That leads to the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I'm not going to the gym. I'm just going to sit here and click next on Netflix. I do talk about that throughout the system. Um, there's a whole section on what you just said, Kelly, that we do have, you know, willpower at our disposal for sure. But, you know, how we set up our environment and the people we surround ourselves with and the food choices we have in our home or our workplace, all of that taps into our willpower over the course of the day. And then, and then we do quote unquote run out by the end of the day. So I work with my clients on how do we minimize your temptations, if you will, or whatever taps your willpower during the day, how do we set up your environment for success so we don't have to rely on willpower? I, this is probably completely inappropriate to say, but my partner 
refers to me as the food Nazi. And the reason that is, is because we don't have those treats and tasties and ice cream in the freezer and all of that stuff. I don't keep it in the house because I know good and well that even though it may not be something that I go to consistently, that if I reach that point where I'm tired at the end of the day, I haven't managed my energy levels properly, I've been stressed, whatever it is, didn't sleep well the night before, then it's so easy to go to those tangibles that are already in your pantry, in your refrigerator, in your freezer, to remove that temptation and to manage your entire environment like you're talking about is, is huge. You and I are both in this business. So I think some people think, oh, if you're in the health space, you must just have a natural ability to avoid all temptation. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that is so not the case. Like, If there's ice cream in my house, do you know what's calling to me at the end of a long, busy day? That ice cream. It's gone. Yeah. So I do the same thing and, and you know, bless my husband's heart. He, he goes along with the ride, but every now and then, you know, we'll bring ice cream in the house and he enjoys that and that's fine. I don't think he minds me sharing that. I never want to impart my food choices on other people, right? But it is very important. I run a home business and so I'm in my home most of the time. So it is very important to me that I set up my environment to be the healthiest version of me. And, you know, sometimes we have other people that live in that space. I mean, many of my clients, they, we work through some of those things because they have kiddos still at home or a husband who doesn't eat like they care to eat. And so we work through some of those things and figure out how we can navigate those very real everyday situations. I think that's so important because what about the people who go to an office every day? I, I would be, I'd be in trouble because there's all kinds of goodies laid out. There's, yes. it's not just the food choices, it's the movement choices. So having to set yourself up to have an environment where you also are able to move consistently instead of having to be tied to that desk. Yeah, that's the second part. You know, we just talked about the biological impact on our behavior, that sleep, stress, and sugar. Um, then my program rolls right into that, Kelly. We then talk about, I call it the physical impacts. And what I mean is the environment that you spend your time in and the people in your life. So my system, then we uncover a whole module and deep dive what that looks like for my client in their life, whether they're at a workplace. Many of my clients travel for work, so they're on the road a lot, or I have moms at home. And so we talk about that and also the people that they spend most of their time with. You know, a lot of the women I work with, gosh, they love their happy hour with their friends and there's nothing wrong with that. But if they have this health vision, back to the health vision for themselves that they've created, then we talk about, well, where does happy hour fit into that and how often and how do you have that conversation with your friends that kind of depend on you to be at happy hour with them every Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Again, you don't want to cut people out of your life that are important to you, but sometimes those people, not intentionally, but lead you down a path that right now is not the path that you want to stay on to create this health vision. So, you know, I help clients work through, well, how do we, how do we navigate those conversations? So we still keep our friends and our family, but we can still honor our health goals. Uh, that's so important. It is the magic of being able to say no in a very kind way and, and say yes to yourself. Oh, Kelly, I love that. 
I had a client today, a client call this morning, and what words did she use? She said, I am, it was along the lines of she is like fiercely protective of her health. And she's been with me. She's coached with me now for probably going on 20 weeks. Those weren't her exact words, but fiercely protective of her health. And that was exciting to her. That actually, that's a wonderful way to wrap this up because I think those words are, they give me chill bumps actually, because it's so easy to to be gracious and allow other people to lead you to where they want you to go versus you actually being fiercely protective of your health. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So is there anything that you would like to add, like something to kind of wrap it up for everybody? Because I mean, we've talked about basically the motivation and objectives and your roadmap and your metrics, execution, which are like brilliant. Like that's exactly what people need to be doing. And then managing their stress, their sugar, their sleep, and their environment, which includes their people. I, I did want to say one quick thing. You're website, which is morethanabody.com, will definitely be in the show notes so that everybody can uh, find this. We'll link to everything we've talked about today in your website and um, any of your programs also, because Lisa has a ton of programs out there that are amazing. Truly, we are in a lot of ways two peas in the same pod when it comes to what we're talking about, because Lisa is, in my humble opinion, spot on with what she's teaching and I really appreciate you being here today. And anything else you'd like to add? Thank you so much for having me. I do think we're two peas in the pod. I've, I've listened to many of your podcast episodes, and I'm excited that you invited me to be one of your guests because, you know, just listening to some of your previous episodes, I thought, hmm, her and I would get along really, really well. We come from a lot of the same philosophy. So I guess I'll just leave with that kind of my philosophy that I really, really desire other women to embrace is that good health comes in so many shapes and sizes. So it is absolutely not defined by that number on the scale. I've seen women in a very unhealthy way diet themselves down to a number. So we have to be really careful not to look at someone and assume by what they look like or you yourself get on the scale and assume by what that number says that you are healthy. I'm really passionate about helping women get away from that and to really, like I said, just pursue and prioritize and celebrate everyday healthy behavior. Because enough of those habits stacked up on each other, that's what leads to being healthy both inside and out. And I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. I do too. Thank you so much. Kelly, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining Lisa and I today. You can find the links to Lisa's website, plus a free copy of her Get Back on Track workbook in the show notes at angeltigerfit.com. If you're loving the podcast, drop us a review. I would really appreciate it. And if you're thinking about a podcast or already doing one and don't have angels like Riley and his team at podigy.co on your side, you're missing out. This week, Riley and I bonded over the farmer's almanac while he was fixing all my tech weirdness. Check the show notes at angeltigerfit.com and grab a gift from podigy.co and me. See you next week. Bye-bye.